Welcome to Body Bangin', your podcast for all things body. Auto body, that is. And now, introducing Body Bangin's host, Mickey Woods of Mickey Woods Marketing. Mickey is a former Auto Collision Center owner and is now a marketing and business development expert to shops across the globe. Hey everybody, this is Mickey with Mickey Woods Marketing. And on today's podcast, we are talking with yours truly, me. So I am so thankful for everybody listening to this podcast. I created this podcast because the automotive industry, the collision industry specifically, is really going through some tough times right now. I really feel like there's a whole lot of things that we're working against. And when I think about it too much, I get frustrated, I get angry, sad, all the emotions I'm sure you have also felt before. And it just breaks my heart. And I thought, you know what? We need a place as the auto collision industry to come to where we can get some actionable, helpful information on the regular and have fun while we're doing it. So there's nothing else like this out there. And why is that? I don't know. And I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it because I see the need and I want to be here to help us all out. Honestly, that's where my heart is. I'm frustrated because I see the auto body shops getting kicked around by the insurance company. They're trying to bend over backwards to pacify the manufacturers, but then the manufacturers come out with these vehicles and this technology that they themselves don't even totally know how to fix or repair sometimes. And then they've got protocols that we need to follow, but yet accessing all those protocols can be very difficult. And then on top of it, you get the information, you know what you're supposed to do, you know how you're supposed to repair the vehicle, and insurance doesn't want to pay for it. So then what the heck are you supposed to do? So we're just really going through it right now. And then you add a little dollop of coronavirus in it, and it's like, holy hell, we need some positivity. So instead of bitching and moaning, this podcast is a place for people to be able to come to, to get some positivity to get some tips, to get some actionable items that, and do something about things that we can actually do something about rather than just bitch and moan about stuff. That's totally out of our control. Let's talk about some things that we can actually do something about. So that's part of the reason why I'm here. The other part of the reason why I'm here is because I am blessed that I get to be a part of other organizations and do things with other organizations. But you know how it is. If you're an owner specifically, you know how it is. If you've got a problematic customer in your shop, you can boot them the heck out if you don't want them. <laughs> Nobody gets to tell you what you have to do, except, you know, except some people. That's how I feel about this podcast. Nobody gets to tell me what I can or can't talk about. So if I feel like something is going to be beneficial for the auto collision industry, you can bet your ass that we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to have somebody on here and we're going to discuss it. And maybe some people won't like it, but I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about the things that auto body shops are talking about, that auto body shops are concerned about, not what everybody else wants us to be doing, not what everybody else thinks that we should be talking about. I'm super real. I like to keep it real. I don't like bullshit. I'll give it to you like I think, and I'll try to do it very kind and nice, but I have been known to be a bull in a china shop. 
And in other industries, I can be a little bit of a put off. (laughs) People are a little bit frustrated with me sometimes because I am confident. And if I see something, I'm going to say something and we can totally talk about it. I'm not so stubborn that I'm not open to discussing, but I'll tell you that I work with a lot of industries. I work with a lot of businesses and auto collision center people are my people. You guys have accepted me. You have embraced me since day one. And my rough and tough exterior, although I may look like a cute little sweet girl, uh, I'm a little firecracker. And that offends a lot of people. But I'll tell you, I don't offend many auto body owners. I don't offend a lot of techs. I don't offend a lot of estimators or managers. Why is that? We're, we're a different breed. We just are a different breed. And I am one of you. And I am here to help you. I am here to represent you in all of this craziness that we're going on, that's going on around us. I'm here to represent you in the frustrating times. I want to be able to be a beacon. I want to be able to help bridge the gap between some of these different entities to give us some results that will be lasting and helpful. That is really my goal here. I already have done a lot of recordings, a lot of podcast recordings with several people. I have a ton booked already. The response has been incredible. And I'm super excited for you guys to hear everything that we have. You're going to love it. The goal is for you to take at least one thing away from each podcast that you can go and put into practice in your shop today. That's my goal. And of course, having fun while we talk about it. So let me tell you a little bit about me so you can kind of get a background on who the heck is Mickey Woods. (laughs) So before I worked in the auto collision industry, I was actually trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was a grown up but that really meant nothing. (laughs) I just didn't have a true passion for anything, to be honest with you. My ex-husband at the time came home and told me that his, the owner of his shop that he was managing was going to be selling the facility and he was looking to sell to caliber. Uh, there were a couple other people coming up to the table and, uh, he said, you know, Hey, I could write the estimates. You could run the business, your business savvy. And I thought, that's incredible. Why not? Because I was like 20 something and you just don't have the worries that you have a little bit later in life. So I'm like, hell yeah, let's take a second on the house and buy this bitch and we'll figure it out as we go. So we did. We did. I purchased the shop. He ran the front end of the shop. I ran the back end of the shop. And I will tell you that I had very little experience in the auto body world at that time. The only thing that I knew were the conversations that I had with my ex-husband when he would come home from work and would be frustrated with the owner or a customer or something like that. That was the extent of my knowledge. And I would ask questions just because I'm a, I'm a question asking kind of gal, but I really did not totally understand the industry. Of course, who can, unless you're in it. Getting into the industry, I went in with eyes and ears wide open. I knew that I didn't know a lot. And I think that that served me well. I was very humble. Although I am very strong-willed and have a very strong mind, I understood that I just wanted to learn. Please teach me. Teach me what you're doing. And I annoyed the hell out of anybody and everybody surrounding me because I was always asking why. 
Why do you do this? Okay, this is what you do, but why do you do that? And why do you do this way? So why don't you do it this way? And not because I thought I knew better. I was just trying to process it. That's just who I am. I ask questions because I truly want to understand. And in asking those questions, the answer that I got back most of the time was, Mickey, because this is the way we've always done it. And I thought, well, that's a shit answer if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Has anybody really thought this out before? How can I be the only person that's come on the scene and and asked why? That's never tried to dial this in a little bit more. It just, it just blew my mind. I was very, very fortunate that fairly early on, I had some great mentors come come into play. And I immersed myself as much as humanly possible. Cause at the time I had twin three-year-olds daughters and I would bring them into the shop with me up into my office and put on Dora the Explorer and let them play. And I would just immerse myself in the books, the financials. I would read magazine articles, anything and everything I could get my hands on. I wanted to get I just wanted to immerse myself in all of it. How was I supposed to be an effective leader of a business that I totally didn't understand? And I knew business, but I didn't know a whole lot about business. I feel like if I could go back now and do it all over again, the sky's the limit, you know, but I was young and I didn't know, but I had great people come alongside me and help me and they trained me and they worked with me and I was pliable and flexible and understood that I didn't know it all and I wanted that information. One person specifically that was a, that just still to this day, I look up to so much, he really, really helped me was Kurt Nixon. Kurt Nixon at the time uh, came in, let me ask all the questions I wanted to ask, invited myself out to the shop. Um, with my ex-husband, we toured the shop. He showed us all of his processes. He hid nothing. He was an open book and it was fantastic. And any questions that I had, he gave me his personal number. I could call him and I was constantly asking him questions and I probably annoyed him to death, but he was wonderful. And other business owners and shop owners that I met because I started going to CCC, I started going to SEMA and Verifax and just trying to, again, immerse myself in the culture and the information and the people. And for the most part, everybody was very respectful and very kind. I went into it with knowing, I went into it knowing that people were going to look at me like, who's this young girl and what the heck is she doing here? I already knew that going in and I was totally okay with it because I did not expect special treatment because I was new. I didn't expect special treatment because I was female. I didn't expect special treatment because I may be better looking than the than the dudes in the room. I didn't expect special treatment at all. I didn't want it. I wanted to earn the respect of these people in the that I was in the room with. I wanted to earn my place in the collision world. It really was important for me that I work hard and that one day when I was, when I got the respect, it would be because I put my time in, I put in my hard work. There were guys that I met that I'm sure you all know, and you may be one. You've been in the industry for 40 plus years. Respect to you, respect to you. I didn't just deserve that because I walked onto the scene and I knew it and I was totally okay with it. So I didn't mind that people kind of gave me sideways looks at a Verifax table when we were, you know, all discussing business ideas and like, who's this chick? Where'd she come from? Why is she asking so, so many damn questions? I was totally okay with it. 
Unfortunately, my my rain is auto body shop owner came to a screeching halt when the recession hit. The recession hit and it actually took about a year and a half for it to really affect my shop because I was mainly, I had a couple of DRPs, but I was mainly dealership driven. Being the Casa de Cadillac's body shop at the time, I believe it was seven lines of vehicles that I was repairing and I was their shop of choice. Well, they decided during the recession that they would take the opportunity to open up their own shop, which clearly for me, was not a good thing. So they offered to buy mine for absolute pennies. And I told them I'd rather die than give them what I was killing myself to build. And so they ended up opening their own shop and, you know, went their own way. But I unfortunately didn't have the cash flow to sustain my shop during the recession. I just couldn't, especially with the dealers leaving and insurance was being affected. People at the time were cashing out their policies, as you remember, instead of repairing their cars. You know, what What the heck was I supposed to do? I was a new business owner. So uh, Marsh Gluco, who owned Valley Motor Center, really wanted to buy my facility. And I actually had a couple other people that were interested as well. And I was stoked. I was like, great, I'll sell it. And then, you know, my millions, what am I going to do with it? Not really, but um, Marsh tried to actually purchase my shop, but the landlord, the owner of the land, he was a very, very old man. He actually owned the property outright and he was unwilling to budge on the price of rent. And he didn't even decrease the price for rent for me when I was there and I had paid every month on time. And when the recession hit and the number of cars coming in was slashed to a quarter of what it had been. And I tried to renegotiate something with him until I could bring on a couple DRPs that I had in the works. Uh, he, he wouldn't do it. He just would not work with me and he would not work with any of the prospective buyers that I brought to the table. And that's actually what killed my deal. I had contracts signed basically and ready to go. It was just the landlord. So that was that. So unfortunately, my business had to go under because I was unable to sell to him. But the beauty in all of it is Marsh was an amazing, amazing, incredible human being and savvy business owner. And he brought myself on to go work at Valley Motor Center for him. And I was just I worked part time because I was also a mom owning my own shop. I could do it all. I could work all hours at the night. And after I put my kids to bed and I could schlep them into the shop because who the heck was going to tell me I couldn't. <laughs> and I had a separate office upstairs. So it wasn't like the kids were bugging anybody. But uh, I went and worked part time and then ended up working full time for him later um, down the road. It was such an incredible experience. It was so great because I had to wear all these hats when I was the owner. As you as owners know, you've got to do a little bit of everything. And going and working for Marsh at Valley Motor Center, I could just wear the marketing hat. And that was my favorite hat to wear when I was the owner. I got to work on bringing on DRPs. I got to work on social media, um, any marketing efforts, community involvement, all of that kind of thing, working with the graphic designer. It, it entailed all of that. And I loved, loved, loved it. I got super involved with the Chamber of Commerce. There were a couple of them down uh, in the Valley where Valley Motor Center was. And I started then, they were started to ask me to speak at events and MC events. And then my name specifically started to get brought up a lot. So then I was having other businesses reach out and say, hey, 
come, can you come help us grow our business? Can you come help us get this set up for our business? And, and I thought, wow, gosh, if anything ever happens, I know I've got a job somewhere because I'm constantly <laughs> getting hit up for things. But I will tell you, Marsh was such a fantastic owner, but such an incredible human being. He taught us to, he taught us how to care uh, and still be effective at our jobs rather than that you got to be hard hitting, kick ass all the time. He took the time to be soft. He took the time to be gentle. He took the time to have conversations with each one of us and showed us that he cared. And I will tell you, I don't know a group of people at that time. I don't know a group of people that worked harder for anybody up to that point in my life than those that worked for Marsh because Marsh would have given you a shirt off his back with no hesitation. We all knew it. He treated us incredible and we were so devoted. We went above and beyond, not because somebody was cracking a whip, but because we felt appreciated. We felt valued and he poured into us. Therefore we poured back into the business. And I will tell you that in all of my years now, not that I'm like so old and wise, <laughs> but in my 42 years thus far on earth, that is a concept that has proven to be true time and time again. In working with all kinds of businesses across the United States, that is one thing that when there is a business owner that cares about his people, and that does not mean they are a pushover and they do whatever the employees want, but actually cares about their people and pours into them and gives them the education they need and the training they need. Uh, and if it's their child's birthday or has a birthday party, he shows up, he showed up at the birthday parties. He gave us at Christmas in cash, cash bonuses from his own personal bank account. So we didn't have to pay taxes on it. At Thanksgiving, he gave us each a gift card for Ralph's so that every single person was guaranteed to have a Thanksgiving dinner. Those are the types of things that Marsh did. He didn't have to. He didn't have to do any of that. He was already a great guy. He did those things because that's who he was. That was the culture of the shop. And that then pushed out and leaked out like water out of a boat with the, the customers, with our guests because they felt cared for. We were happy. Our guests were happy. The employees were happy. The guests were happy. Uh, the insurance companies that would come in, they loved popping in. We had insurance adjusters purposely come to our facility to use our restroom because A, we had the nicest bathroom, oddly enough. And uh, B, they would sit around and get a cup of coffee and hang out because they just liked the people. How incredible is that if you think about it? So that was part of what I learned at Valley Motor Center. And the other part was how to really do business because to that point in time, I had learned a lot very quickly, but working with Mike Townley, who was the general manager at the time, who's still very close with, uh, between he and Marsh, they taught me so much about business. Unfortunately, Marsh passed away. I had been there for five years. Uh, Marsh's wife had been ill with Alzheimer's and he was just devastated with her illness, was caring for her, the main caregiver. And the poor man, literally, we all say died of a broken heart. He, a week prior, had gone in for a checkup and got passed with flying colors. The following week was in the shop. We were talking. 
same old regular Marsh, same old day. We could see the wear on him. He was very hurt because of everything that his wife was going on, hurt emotionally. But he was he was hanging in there. And uh, he was just, there was a sadness about him. He went home that night. The next morning, his house cleaner found him and he had passed in his sleep, sitting up on the couch. And, um, and that's how he passed. And I mourned the loss of Marsh like a father. Uh, I think we all did. All of us that worked for that shop, we were forever affected by him and his love. And I still miss him today. And that was like seven years ago. Uh, soon after he passed, his daughter who had been working at the shop took over and things changed quite drastically after that. We had a lot of employee changes and uh, culture changes, and we all kind of went our separate ways at that time. And when I left, I was trying to decide, do I just go do the same thing that I've done at Valley Motor Center and just find another big shop that needs just a, a marketing manager? Or do I do this thing and go on my own? Do I branch out and do I really do this? And being a religious girl... I prayed a lot about it and I really felt like the Lord kept telling me, you need to jump, jump out of the plane and build the parachute on the way down. Cause I got you girl. And everybody, my whole family was looking at me because you know, your family just wants you. Sometimes your family can be your worst critics and they can hold you back more than anybody, not because they don't care, but because they care so much, they want you to be safe and they were all looking at me like, you can't do this. This isn't guaranteed. What are you doing? But yet they knew I had enough chutzpah that if anybody was going to do it, I guess it'd be Mickey. They supported me eventually, I think hesitantly, just because they feared for me and my well-being, as a lot of our families do, as we break out of some of these, the, the guaranteed roads and go off to these other new adventures. And I did, I jumped. And I will tell you that I had more people reaching out to me to come help them market their business than I was reaching out to. It was absolutely incredible. You know, they say a lot of bad things in the moment seem horrible and bad, but they're a catalyst for change. And that was a catalyst for change, another catalyst for change that I went through. And I am blessed for the last seven years to be able to work independently and to be able to work with shops all across the country. And I now work with a lot of industries, a lot of different industries and different clients from all across the United States. But my niche is auto body shops. I'm an auto body shop kind of gal. And having owned a shop, having worked at Valley Motor Center for so long, my personality, <laughs> I just love the auto collision centers. And I love that world. I love what I do being able to help business owners and teams grow their businesses. I love coming alongside because when I come and work with a client, I really work with you as if I am part of your team. Like this is part, this is how I would do it. If this were mine, uh, it's not a, yeah, just you do that over there. Let me just sign you up for this so I can get that check. If I don't really believe something is going to help you or that I can help you, we're not doing it. I'm not suggesting it. I, I'm going to shoot you straight. And that has done, I, I've done well with that mindset because people know if I say, I really don't think that's 
would be in your best interest. They know I'm not just blowing smoke up their skirt or vice versa. They know if I'm really suggesting something that I really truly believe in it. Have I ever been wrong? On occasion. (laughs) But sometimes you do need to go down some wrong roads to get down the right road. And that's just natural. That's just business. Sometimes you just got to figure it out. And uh, it's and sometimes it's just data, you need the data. So you got to try a lot of different things to know exactly where the best fit is for you and your business. So at this point in time, uh, during the course of myself going independent, I actually had a really cool experience five years ago. And I went to this like leadership type thing, this motivational speaker woman, I I won some tickets randomly. And I was like, okay. And it was kind of one of those divine things, because I wasn't looking to go, I didn't want to go all of a sudden, I just won, I didn't even know I got entered in the raffle. And next thing I know, it's like, Nikki won this thing for this, whatever. And, you know, build your self esteem, what is your calling in life, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I went best thing that I ever did. Best thing I ever did. It was a two day workshop. And in that workshop, it talked about what your goals were in five years. What was your goal? And you want to know weirdly enough, what my goal was is I wrote it down and I wrote to be speaking up at a convention, to be up on the stage and be one of the leaders in my industry for marketing and what I do. And specifically, I thought of Verifax because I had just been to a Verifax conference and there was a female that had gotten up on the stage and she had talked about Yelp, I think it was at the time. And I felt like she left so much stuff out that body shops needed to know, but who it wasn't my place to get up there and tell her what she should or shouldn't say. But I thought, God, I could get up there and I could really help these guys out. So in that two day workshop, I wrote on there that I want to be one of the leaders in my industry and to help shops out. And in that vision, we wrote it down and we sat with some like, you know, spa, you know, Native American flute playing in the background. (laughs) And we just trying to envision ourselves in that moment, what that would feel like and what that meant to you emotionally and or physically or whatever. And it just, it brought me to tears at the time. And at the time, Again, that was five years ago. So I've been doing this for almost seven years, something like that. So I'd only been two years independent and had had a a nominal amount of success, but nothing compared to where I'm at now. I had no idea. I didn't even know how that would be possible for me to achieve such a thing. But then you had to kind of work it backwards, which is exactly how I have my shops do. We do marketing for you is what is your goal? Okay, now we let's line it up. What do we need to do to achieve that goal. Because as my marketing plan talks about, or my tagline, a goal without a plan is just a wish. And I know way too many people that have wishes and they're great wishes, but they have no plan to execute these wishes. And they're not envisioning these wishes. They can't visualize them. So it's just like dust in the wind, really, until you put some feet to it, or until you can see it. If your mind can see it, then you can achieve it. And my mind saw myself on that stage. And in that moment, I knew I could achieve it. I didn't know how I didn't know what that path looked like. But I knew I was going to get there. It was five years ago, almost to the day that I'm making this podcast now. So how incredible that when I wrote that out and wrote the steps that I would need to take, one of those steps was 
I'm going to need to start writing for a magazine. I need to get some legitimacy in my industry. People, more new people need to know who I am. I know I've got a lot of respect from the people that do know me, but how do I get, make a bigger splash? So I thought, well, I'm going to just reach out to somebody at a magazine because why not? <laughs> what's, the best, what's the worst they can say? No. Okay. Then I'll keep doing what I'm doing. So I reached out to Body Shop Business, the magazine, to Jason Stahl the editor, and told him I'd be interested in writing something for him. I told him what I did. I had, when I uh, was working for Mallet Valley Motor Center, I had written a couple little blog posts. And God, I forget even what the name of it was. Um, but it was about the the things that I saw on my drive down to the valley. And if you've never been to the the valley in Los Angeles County, Southern California, I'm telling you, there are some there are some interesting people there. I will just tell you. So I wrote this little blog just kind of for fun and would take pictures of things that I saw. I only wrote a few because, you know, life gets busy and you get off track and whatnot. So I sent him over some of those writing just so he could have a sample of kind of who I was. I was kind of quirky, funny, at least to myself. And, uh, and I could, I could write fairly well. So I wrote to him and then he said, well, you know, what do you think you might want to write about? So I said, well, how about I write something about like what women really want? And then maybe like dot, dot, dot in your body shop. And I said, I, you know, that'd be a cool like little teaser article. And he and I kind of laughed about it. He said, sure, write it up. Let's, you know, let me see. Let me see what I think. Go ahead. Why not? So I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is actually happening. My first thing on my checklist of stuff to do to get on the stage, you know, because I kept my vision and I kept visualizing it. And I wrote him, wrote the article up and I sent it over to him. And um, he emailed me back and said, I'm halfway through it. I love it. This is incredible. And let me tell you right now that I was beside myself. I just was, uh, I knew I had it in me, but you just don't know sometimes. <laughs> how things are going to be received. And I was so excited and grateful. Uh, needless to say, that article made it as the cover story on uh, Body Shop Business. So that was a loan all in itself, just a massive goal that was attained. Um, then as time went by, I started writing more articles. Uh, then I I just, you know, became more known in our industry. And then uh, coronavirus hit. And about that time, I had talked with Jason again. We started doing a podcast just kind of for fun. I said, hey, Jason, I really think we should do a podcast. Let's put some useful information out there because, you know, not everybody reads articles anymore. And so I told him why I thought it should be done. And he was like, well, yeah, I just I'm so busy. And because the poor guy was trying to do a million things at once. And we just kind of started doing it for fun. So we started doing that for fun and it just kind of whatever. It was just kind of going along. And then Kristen Felder reached out to me and she was doing a webinar series right at the beginning of COVID. And she said, Hey, we're going to run this thing. I don't know for how long, but you know, you've, I, I love the things that you've written about. I love what you're doing. Would you want to do some webinars on marketing? And I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. So we did it. I ended up doing five of them. I believe it was with Kristen and we had a great time. We had a, a ton of great feedback. Um, soon after that, uh, Babcock's media who owns body shop business ended up getting a marketing person. And then they wrote in and said, Hey, um, we need to get a sponsor for this podcast. Cause we got all these people listening to it and they're loving it. 
And Jason and I are like, what? You're kidding me. We were just having fun <laughs> doing this podcast. We didn't even know anybody listened to it besides ourselves. <laughs> so that was super cool. A really cool part was in February of 2020, right before coronavirus actually really hit, because that was March, I went to Verifax out in Orange County. And uh, at the time, they found out that I was writing for Body Shop Business and didn't want me to be there, were uncomfortable with me being there because they're very intolerant against any me. Linda, who runs it, knew me and knew I had been with Body Shops for a long time. And she said, you know, Mickey, just just come. We'll figure it out. You know, don't even worry about it. So I came, had a great time. And at the end, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go introduce myself to Farzam. I've never actually met him. I just want him to know who I am so he doesn't think I'm like some weirdo trying to like come in here and and then go report back on it or something and, you know, something devious. So at the end, I walked up to him and I introduced myself. I told him what I was doing and I told him I did write some articles for Body Shop Business and his love for the industry and what he does is incredible. And he was so gracious and kind and that was just kind of it. So meanwhile, all this other stuff is happening. Coronavirus is happening and the webinars with Kristen and the podcast with Body Shop Business. And I get an email from Farzam that said, I just read your article on certifications because I'd written a big, one of my cover stories that they published was a certification article on how to maximize your certifications. So I was super excited that Farzam of all people reached out to me when this is one of those things that I had, this is literally what I was envisioning and it was coming to life. And he asked me if I'd be interested in co-hosting the Guild 21 call. And of course I was pumped up and excited to do it. So uh, I've been doing that for the last couple of calls. We're about ready to do our third one here and been loving it. So needless to say, because of coronavirus, yours truly has not stepped on a physical stage, but I will tell you that Five years ago, the vision that I had for being able to be a representative in our industry has arrived. And this podcast is one of those components that leads me into this vision. I am living, literally living my dream of being able to be here to help you guys. That's That was my dream. That is my dream. And I'm living my dream. And every time I help a client out, Every time they call me and they're like, Mickey, I couldn't have done it without you. This is incredible. Every time I see statistics come in on work that we're doing on Google ads that we're running, or we're doing heat mapping on their website and the changes that I suggest, and I see the metrics change and it's working and they're getting more calls and they're converting more customers. That is so fulfilling for me to see them do well. And the fact that I can participate and help them do that is so absolutely incredible. I just love it. So I appreciate every single person listening to this podcast and supporting, you're not just supporting me and my vision, but supporting each other in this. It is a tough road. Owning a shop is a freaking grind. I've been there and not even to the level a lot of you guys are dealing with. And kudos to you. My hats go off to you. I want to be here for you guys. I want to fight for you guys in this culture where these MSOs are like taking over the world. And we've got insurance companies breathing down our necks and telling us how we can or can't fix a car. And then we have our morality and our heart on the other side saying, I, I have to fix it this other way. I have to put these people in a safe vehicle. I'm with you emotionally 
mentally, physically, I am with you all the way. So this podcast, Body Bangin' Podcast, is here to hopefully be a catalyst and help you as the shop owner, the shop manager, the technician, the painter, whoever you are in the shop, the CSR, whoever you are, if this can help you help the business to grow and be successful, then I'm blessed. I'm stoked to do it. There's a description down below where you can participate in if you'd like to financially give to help support this podcast. If you're moved to do so, there's a link below. I would love any support that you have because right now it's just me. I'm just running this thing because that's what my heart's telling me to do. And that's what I feel like the Lord's telling me to do. Um, I don't have a sponsor. I'm just here literally because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. I've got my social media links below. If you're watching this on YouTube, there are other videos that you can find helpful. Uh, by the time you're watching this, there's a lot of podcasts that are live that you can check out. And I'd love your feedback. Any feedback you have, please like this podcast, like the YouTube video that you're watching, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, make sure you get the notifications on YouTube. So you get pinged every time we do a new one. And I just hope that you enjoy it. I really, really hope that you enjoy it. And then your feedback would be great. Let me know if there's a topic that you feel that we need to discuss. By all means, let me know. I'll speak on it my dang self or I'll find somebody else to come on and we can chat about it together. I, again, want to be a help for you guys. If you feel like you have something that you can bring to the table for body shops in our industry and you want to be a guest on my podcast, please reach out to me. My email's down in the description, mickey at mickeywoods.com. Anyway, love y'all. Thanks for supporting me. Thanks for supporting my channel and this podcast. And best of luck to all of you guys and gals. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We have some incredible topics and guests coming your way you will not want to miss. If you are watching on YouTube and don't want to miss the latest and greatest, you'll want to hit the bell after subscribing so you will get a pop-up each time a video podcast goes live. To our devoted fans, would you mind paying it forward and sharing this little gem with someone else you think may benefit from it? Much love from all of us here at Body Bangin', all things Autobody.